the Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network presents Worldview Media Podcast, where Gordon and Joyce Runyon view popular media through the lens of the biblical five-point covenant model to help believers appreciate and apply principles of exciting narrative and engaging storytelling. Hello and welcome to the Worldview Media Podcast, a quirky little podcast on the Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network, where we be dominionizing all day. My name is Gordon Runyon, and with me is the woman I met while breaking into Westminster Abbey many years ago, my wife Joyce. Hello. Hello. We... I don't think that's really how we met. <laughs> <laughs> it was many years ago, but not at the Abbey. <clears throat> yeah, you were that girl that helped me break in. Uh, I think you have me confused with somebody else. <laughs> I married the wrong woman. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here we are. We are, you know what we're going to do? What? We're going to do a worldview discussion and analysis of a movie. Of a movie? Yeah. What is the movie? I thought we'd change it up and head in that direction. We can try. So the movie is called Stoned Destiny. (laughs) No. (laughs) Stone... Of the is there a the stone of destiny? It's not stoned oh. destiny. <laughs> that could be another film, but not this one. That sounds like a Jack Black joint. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right, so stone of destiny. Yes. That is correct. Where in the world did we find this gem? On uh, Amazon Prime? Amazon Prime. Was it previously a made-for-TV movie in England? Um, no, I think it was actually released. It's a Canadian, um, a Scottish-Canadian film. Uh, from 2008. Okay, so 2008. And very briefly, the plot is that a young Scottish man named Ian Hamilton at the beginning of the 20th century. That's right. Yeah. Isn't it? It's based on a true story. Yeah. And Ian Hamilton gathers together. It's in 1950 is what this tells me. So it's a little bit Oh, I thought later. it was much earlier. Yeah, okay. 1950. All right. Well, shows what I know. So in 1950, young Scottish... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? He's very, he's very uh, impetuous. Impetuous. Okay. He's an impetuous young Scot, and he becomes at some point disillusioned with the fact that his fellow Scotsmen are really kind of apathetic mm-hmm. regarding... Uh, Getting, gaining their political freedom from Great Britain. Yes. And 
Apparently, this is a thing in Scotland. Well, I think it's been a, a long, a long time kind of thing in Scotland. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. Well, see, I'm at a disadvantage here because all I know of Scotland, I learned from Braveheart. Yeah. And Rob Roy. Well, I think those uh, kind of friendly ventures continued between the two. <laughs> For a long time. Well, it does seem that for hundreds of years, Scotland and England have gone at each other and like uh, comes and goes in waves, mm. cold periods and hot periods, mm -hmm. and Scotland's never really won its freedom, uh, not completely. Yeah. And so the British monarch still rules over Scotland. Well, well it's so, a united kingdom. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> so Ian Hamilton becomes upset that his countrymen are not more hot about well, now they, let's... They are trying to change things through the political avenues that they have. Right, but they're and those just... those things <clears throat> are just not going anywhere. Yeah, and that's what he's upset about is that and they just say, eh, His, we tried. The Scots are too busy working and stuff like that to really show up at the polls like they need to and stuff. And So he decides that what may be needed is a symbolic sort of act that will rally the country. Mm -hmm. And he decides that that symbolic act should be for somebody to go to London and steal to take back. Yeah. I don't guess it would be thieving to go and take back this uh, big rock called the Stone of Destiny. Mm -hmm. And apparently this is the stone on which Scottish kings were. Well, Robert the Bruce. Was Robert the Bruce one of them? Yeah. Okay, so Scottish kings were anointed or coronated. Yeah. It's on very, that stone. Yeah, it's a very meaningful piece of their history. And all the Scots know it and stuff yeah. like that. But it, the, at the time, the Stone of Destiny didn't reside in Scotland. The English had taken it. The English it, had taken it. And it was actually built into the coronation chair mm -hmm. in London, yeah. in Westminster Abbey. And so anytime they coronate a new British monarch, as that king or queen sits upon the throne on the chair, mm -hmm. underneath awesome. the chair mm -hmm. is the Scottish uh, Stone of Destiny. And this is apparently, according to the movie, this is apparently always stuck in the craw of Scots. Yeah. Well, it's not... Uh, you know, it's... It's one thing to kind of have somebody rule over you, but that's kind of lording it over you, too, yeah, as well. right. Symbolically so, lording yeah. it over you. Making sure you know that our chair is... You are beneath our is chair. on top of your stone. Yeah. And so he hatches this cockamamie scheme. Him and a handful <laughs> of friends, they're, gonna, they're going to go to London, find a way to break into the Westminster Abbey. And take back the the Stone of Destiny and take it back to Scotland. Mm -hmm. And that's really the plot of the movie. That's it. And 
I don't think we need to give away the ending. Okay. Do we? No. I don't I don't think so. So just what were your kind of overall thoughts about this movie? If you're telling somebody about it. And... I think it ended up being a better movie than I had anticipated. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, so I liked it. I probably won't look at it again. No. <laughs> but it's it's not something I'm going to be like, oh, I need to get that in our our library of on-stock things to watch. But I did think it was a good movie. I liked the actors in there. I think they they did pretty good about transporting you to a time period. You know, okay. that it was definitely a, it's not a, a now type of film. I'm not that familiar with all of the English, you know, vehicles, what should be there, what shouldn't be there, right, right. stuff like that. But um, I thought the actors were pretty good, and, and they're just all kind of randomly mixed in together. It's not the, uh, you know, the people that have been hanging around for years lamenting and saying, we need to do something about this. They all just kind of mix in together at the right time to get this thing done. They're not really friends before. Oh. And they just, uh, you know, situations put them in each other's path and everybody's yeah. agreeable to the right. task. Well, all cards on the table. I fell asleep partway through this movie. Yeah, but I? it was seven. <laughs> in my defense, it was after 7 p.m. <clears throat> it was 7 11. <laughs> How long did I sleep, do you know? Uh, longer than you probably should have. I don't know if you really watched the movie. No, I did. I, I was just going to make the point that it didn't keep me awake. And then after I woke back up and, and started again to engage with it, I didn't feel like I lost anything. <laughs> you know, I'm not sure how long I was out, but I didn't feel like I... <laughs> Point is, I think it was a really slow-moving thing until they get to the actual heist itself. Yeah. Is that fair? Well, I did not fall asleep. Yeah, I understand that. And I didn't think it was really that slow-moving. There's there's parts and pieces that come together because, like I said, the, these are strangers that unite for this cause. And so they're not... Um, it's not like your mates that you hang around the pub with all the time and you've been planting, planning right. all this and just saying, you know, we're so upset and we're, you know, that's not what this is. And originally it was just going to be uh, Ian and his one good friend, neither of whom could lift very much in my opinion. I thought that was a bad plan. Because <laughs> <laughs> it turns out the stone of destiny is... It's kind of heavy. Uh, probably a couple hundred pounds. Yeah. Probably yeah. three, four hundred pounds. So really? You think it was four hundred pounds? Uh, I don't know. I think that's four. a little bit. That's a little much. Of course, you would know. You were sleeping, so. I saw the stone. I didn't miss any of that. And so, uh, you would recommend it or not yeah, recommend it? I would recommend it. Okay. Well, then I would too. I would recommend it. I think you should watch it, actually. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about that? 
watched a lot of it. What are you talking about? I watched all the really important parts. <laughs> well, there you go. All right. Uh, I I felt like I could tell at places it's a, it was a pretty low budget affair. Probably. Yeah, it's not a big movie. It's kind of a smaller movie, but. Well, I was really curious if they really had uh, admission into some of the places they were supposedly being in the film, and oh, you yeah. know, were were those were they really in Westminster? Yeah. Were they sets? Were they? I can't see them really being in there. They wouldn't let them do that, surely. Well, I don't know. I don't know. So. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. I guess we're done with this portion of it, I guess. If we would both recommend it. Yeah. It's not like an A movie or anything like that. No, but, but it's, you know, it's not cheesy. <clears throat> I think the actors really did a good job. Yeah. You know, there wasn't anybody who had a crazy accent that you're like, well, what's wrong with you? <laughs> so, and the scenery was really nice. It probably is a lower budget movie, but I still think they did a nice job. People get carried away with some of the budget issues. And oh, and we found out where the Hogwarts train it comes from. It goes to Scotland. <laughs> it wasn't the right one, though, because it didn't have the red. Uh, right, it wasn't the red steam engine, but... Yeah. That's pretty iconic railroad. Yeah, of course. It's true. It's in Scotland. <laughs> Hogwarts is in Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <clears throat> well, then let's have our break and we'll come back and talk more worldview issues. The Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network brings to you a complete lineup of podcasts where you will hear practical and tactical theology. Our desire is not simply that you consume our shows, but that you also live out your faith in every area of life. We can talk all day long about these things, but if we fail to put them into practice, then we fail as ambassadors of Jesus Christ, our King. Subscribe now to your favorite Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network shows. Or you can subscribe to the Reconstructionist Radio Master Feed, where all of the content we produce, including the audiobooks and audio articles, will pop up as soon as they are available. And don't forget to visit ReconstructionistRadio.com to volunteer as a narrator or to partner with this ministry financially. May the Holy Spirit stir you into action for Christ and His Kingdom. back worldview media podcast dominionizing all day <laughs> crazy all right so we're talking about stoned in no the stone <laughs> <laughs> stone of destiny stone of destiny yes all right so let's talk more thematic were there worldview nuggets in here that stood out to you I think there's something with uh, unjust rule, you know. Unjust government? Yeah, rule? what do you do? Okay. What is your, uh, 
what's your obligation to follow those things right uh, well in the very beginning of the movie they're talking about making a covenant with uh, with England that to, was the more political solution yeah. but I thought it was interesting that that was the term that they used right that it wasn't a something else it wasn't a, a a bill or an agreement and maybe that's just their language that that's what they yeah would well say. especially because the whole concept of the solemn league and covenant mm -hmm. that's a scottish thing i guess i do know some scottish stuff i know john knox and i've read the history of the progress of the reformation in scotland so i know some of that and a couple of the other reformation preachers i know about and uh Solemn League and Covenant was a big deal. and Yeah, because it wasn't a treaty. It wasn't a... Right. It was a covenant that they were wanting to make. And so I thought that that was interesting language to use. Right. And that harkens back to history, for yeah. sure. They never did go into what the contents of that covenant were, though, did they? Not very much. They did a little bit. But it was kind of just establishing themselves with their own parliament to decide what they wanted to do oh, as a yeah, yeah. as a country instead of just being under sure the British Parliament. Right. Well, I as far as worldview and stuff goes, I really felt like it was a really interesting thought that Ian Hamilton had. Uh, Ian Hamilton had the thought that just purely political action wasn't enough to shake people out of their kind of apathy. Mm -hmm. And it really, maybe political momentum is a good way to talk about it, where an object that's in rest tends to stay at rest. Yeah. And when you get people who are reasonably comfortable in their situation, it takes something to kind of dynamite them out of that and yeah. it, it really kind of made me think about things that went on with the american war for independence and how many of those how many of the kind of iconic moments in that still stand out for us and and have powerful impacts on the american imagination like I wonder I wonder if the Boston Tea Party had thrown something other than tea into the harbor would that have been as effective or was mm -hmm. there you know was there symbolism involved in that that really rallied things and would we still be talking about it if it was would we drink more tea today is that what you're saying oh no <laughs> <laughs> I just kind of wonder about the importance of those kind of symbolic acts. Yeah. And there's actually quite a lot of that in Scripture. And especially in the history of Israel in the Old Testament, mm -hmm. that a lot of really kind of iconic moments stand out because of the 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 drama of the symbols involved there and the one very dramatic one stands out for me is uh what a big deal it was when 
Israel lost control of the Ark of the mm-hmm. Covenant to the Philistines yeah. in the days of Samuel. And and then think of like the, the duel of the prophets Elijah and all the prophets of Baal and and how that became I mean still to us that's pretty iconic and there's a big there's a lot of rich symbolism that's involved with all of that and so the Bible really does take those historic moments seriously and acknowledges I think acknowledges and even establishes the fact that those really uh, important moments in history kind of take on a life in terms of symbolism and the, the way they survive and get passed down mm-hmm. you know crossing the Red Sea is one of those and you know it's something that gets referred to continually after that and these iconic historical moments and I was so I was fascinated by Ian Hamilton's theory and I think he's right and I think the rest of the story kind of bears this out that he was he was not wrong he was on to something that that Scots were comfortable enough that they didn't go to the polls like they maybe should have and all that but affected by the right symbolism Mm -hmm. they could kind of get up in arms about stuff well, and I think with, in that regard, that history, their history was, this is just the way it is. Yeah. And so we can't change anything. Right. And no matter what we try, nothing does change. And so this is just the way things are. Yeah, that, yeah you're right. It wasn't just a symbol that they needed, but they needed an iconic victory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the other thing, it was just the simplicity of his plan. It was just so uh, flabbergasting for anybody who he talked to about it. They were like, "You're gonna what?" <laughs> and uh, it was audacious. Yeah, I mean, it was really it was a very bold thing he was gonna go in and do yeah. just to right. walk in and walk out. <laughs> and so that was just. Uh, it was pretty funny. Of course, it was a different time with technology. <laughs> It was a pre nine eleven world. Maybe you you could have done that at some point. Not anymore, I don't think. It did kind of make me wonder what the modern security situation is at Westminster Abbey. Yeah. I imagine they've got what paid security that's there all the time. Well, they had wired for sound. They had somebody rowing around when he was there, but, and then I think another issue with Ian Hamilton is his willingness to be ready to lay down everything to do this. Yeah. Because he had a friend, his friend was telling him, you know, this is 20 years. We could go to jail for a long time. Yeah. Easily. Because that amounts to treason, wasn't it? To go in and take this? Oh, I'm sure they could have been charged that way. So, and uh, he said, well, if that's what it is, (laughs) (laughs) then that's what I'm doing. Right. And uh, just to have that resolve and that commitment to do what he thought was right for his country, to to rally them. And, you know, so often as Christians, we don't want to we don't want to say anything because we don't want to offend somebody or we you know, you shouldn't offend somebody. Don't say anything if you 
you can't just say Jesus loves you, don't say anything. And so, you know, we need to be be bold about what we say and how we say it, not to be mean or offensive just to be mean or offensive, but because there is truth and yeah. those things are important. Right. Right. Yeah, and it has me thinking a little bit because I think Americans are very apathetic mm-hmm. and I think American Christians are sinfully apathetic and as few Christians as we really do have like if you take the Barna numbers and and you know they'll tell you 70% of Americans confess to be Christians or something but we all know that number is probably really in the single digits but even that if we had if we had 7% of the country let's say that was seriously serious about their Christian faith that's enough to change everything you know the homosexual lobby the whole LGBT thing Mm -hmm. still the best numbers we have is that uh, gay people represent what 2-3% of the population and and transgender people yeah. are something like 0.05% yeah. or something it's it's ridiculous and yet that fired up little minority has completely changed american culture mm-hmm. over the course of a generation less yeah. we don't even have that those types of uh, special privileges for disabled people <laughs> right and so so more. it just makes me think what if just half of the serious Christians decided <laughs> uh, we're going to we're going to really do something and what would it take to get them to do that no it, it that, may take a it may take a revival i mean it may take well i'm sure <laughs> <clears throat> i mean it may take a miraculous move of god changing the whole nation and and waking up the christians but i kind of wonder if we don't need a symbolic sort of victory like that like Ian Hamilton envisioned yeah kind of makes me wonder if there isn't a symbolic sort of victory out there that we could have that would have the effect of making Christians think hey you know what we really don't have to put up with the way things are just because this is the way they are yeah maybe that's Oklahoma I don't know well (laughs) yeah except our guy didn't didn't win that but but you know that's a step and yeah. that's on the way to that eventually an abolitionist is going to win something big eventually that's going to happen and then then we're off to the races you know yeah. and well but part of the issue with that is for the people that are serious and are doing the right things i don't know how right they are because yeah. you have um you have things that shouldn't be an issue that turn into something huge for for no reason other than people have little pet sins that they want to oh, keep. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, you know, that's really, that's really sad. Right. <clears throat> right. We were just talking about the fact that there are apparently people calling themselves Reformed Christian believers who for instance, believe that women are created less in the image of God than men are. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's the sort of thing that just makes you want to smack your head <laughs> and say, what in the world? 
if this is the state of the good guys, yeah. if this is the righteous camp and we've got this sort of stuff going on, we're a long way from changing anything for real. Yeah. yeah. But it makes me want that one symbolic <laughs> victory. You know? I don't know what it is. We've I gotta don't know find either. our stone of destiny. <laughs> we gotta find <laughs> stone destiny. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good one. <laughs> it is a good name for a rock band, though. <laughs> uh, All right, Mama. Do you have anything else on this movie? No, I did like it. It was a good movie. It makes you think about some things and, you know, what are you really, what's really important to you? Why is it really important? And what are you willing to do about it? Yeah, that's true. I'm glad you mentioned that because the whole movie is kind of what you mentioned about the the guy deciding he loved his country enough. He was willing to sacrifice mm -hmm. and sacrifice a lot. And his friend was not willing. And, and so the whole movie kind of traces these friends who decide to do this and and follows their own kind of maybe waffling now and then and getting cold feet and mm -hmm. do is this really what you know look at the price we could pay and, yeah and so it really is kind of a study in priorities and how we determine what we think is really worth it and that yeah. sort of thing so a lot of that is pretty interesting all right then you think I, we're done? I believe so. <laughs> that wasn't even close to Scottish. <laughs> See, there's nobody like that in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, they all do good Scottish accents. It doesn't even sound Hispanic. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> You're a woman without an ethnicity. Uh, <laughs> good, bad, I don't know. <laughs> well... <laughs> That's not for me to decide. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Well, let's get out of here and not keep these good people longer than we need to. All right, then. All three of them that Thanks are still listening. listening. Hey, maybe Jordan's out there. <laughs> hey, Jordan. Even she's, I bet she's stopped listening by now. She keeps telling us, Mama! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye. All right. We'll see y'all. Go out there and uh, do the kingdom stuff. Until next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Worldview Media Podcast. Please visit reconstructionistradio.com to check out the other podcasts in our network and to download our free audiobooks. <laughs>